When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers and Patriots this Sunday at Acroshore Stadium. Two teams enter. Two teams will also leave, but one will leave with a loss in hand. Steelers need to get this win. I mean, they absolutely are the better team in my mind. I know that Vegas thinks that the Patriots are the favorite. It's about one and a half points. I think it actually creeped up towards two at one point last night. That is a real head-scratcher to me. I think the Steelers are head and shoulders above the New England Patriots. Matt Williamson and I were on the countdown to kickoff last night with Tim Benz, and we were saying Steelers are a tier above New England when it comes to tiering NFL teams. So despite the fact that you're not going to see Mr. T.J. Watt on the field on Sunday, I feel pretty confident in your Pittsburgh Steelers getting a victory against New England. Yeah, I think most people should feel that way, Tom. The Steelers, despite the despite their rocky win from week one, they are the better team overall than New England. And yes, you were disappointed and deterred by the offensive production, considering that it had a 14-point lead going into the second half for a majority of the of the third quarter, for that matter, as well. And they weren't able to add to that lead. They only put up three points after that and barely, before the, the game-winning field goal by Chris Boswell in overtime. Yeah, you were upset, and yes, you were left wanting a lot more, even though there were flashes, and we've pointed out those flashes on this show and on others. But I think even despite that rocky start, the Steelers are going to be able to beat this New England Patriots team I think offensively and especially defensively, the Steelers are by far the superior team. I agree with that, uh, even without T.J. Watt. Yes. Defensively, it's a little bit closer. I think the Patriots have a pretty decent defense. Oh, but... see, I, I, I said the opposite. I said I, I, I think these offenses could Well, maybe be considered... because they're just so bad. That might yes, be it. Yes, yes. But the defense, in my eyes, they don't. The, the Patriots lack the star power that the Steelers boast. The Patriots lack the star power all around the roster. Yes. There, there isn't one guy that you really point out to and say that's a household name uh, for New England. So the Steelers definitely win the battle as far as who's got the bigger impact players, the bigger names on their roster. And I, I look at, you know, the Steelers' offense, and it was. Less than acceptable against Cincinnati. It really long. It left you longing for some more, maybe mm. some more creativity, maybe some more 
pushing the ball downfield, using the middle of the field, play action, I think is something we definitely wanted to see more of. Uh, using Najee in the passing game. Uh, there's a lot of things that I think you can pick out and say, man, I wish we would have seen a little bit more of that. You have to be less vanilla than you were against Cincinnati moving forward to win some of these football games because this is a perfect example of a game where I think if you can just get to 23 points, kind of like you did against Cincinnati, mm-hmm. even though it took the overtime and a bunch of craziness to get there, 23, 24 points, you should be able to beat a team like New England. They they probably won't be able to to match that point total on the board based on their offense. So I don't need to see the offense turn into the next Kansas City Chiefs juggernaut in the next couple of weeks, starting with New England on Sunday. But I do need to see more of a modern offense, more of a let's push the ball down field offense, 10, 15, 20 yards down the field routes, um, get Najee involved in the passing game. Uh, just open things up a little bit more. Trust Trubisky a little bit more. Yeah, I think trust is the biggest word or, or most appropriate word to use here. When Matt can't, or when Randy Fignor really going back to him uh, and in his time leading this offense, when Randy Fignor was leading the offense as the OC, making the play calls alongside Ben, it seemed like there was a lot of. A, a, a huge lack of trust in the offense by Randy, right? You had a decent running back and and James Conner, his rookie year, uh, he was behind Lev Bell, but only in his sophomore season was when Lev Bell did his holdout and it was the James Conner show moving forward. And yeah, he had a really great start to his second season. And I think he finished that season with over a thousand yards rushing, maybe close to double digit touchdowns. But then the following season, Tom, is where we really saw this offense start that that era of the lack of trust in its players by by the people making the calls. Uh the Steelers really shied away from the uh from the run offense. Uh that's when you saw that was the Duck Hodges Mason Rudolph year. And you would have thought that with those two guys leading the offense on the field, that should have opened the door for James Conner to have a career year. Just run it with him. The offensive line was still decent enough. David DeCastro was there. Sure, it was toward the end of his time with the Steelers, but he was still there. It was before the COVID season when we know now, uh, in hindsight, that that was the season that really kind of turned him off or turned him away from football. Marquise Pouncey was still there. So your offensive line was solid. There was no reason for you to shy away from the from the run offense. You're starting to see that a little bit here. You don't want to instill that lack of faith in your, in your guys. And when the Steelers went out there to start training camp in Latrobe in early August, that was the main headline, right? The offense looks lost. Mitch Trubisky does not look like he has a lot of faith in himself. Well, restore that faith. Put the ball in Mitch's hands. I know that he had the opportunities. We know that the Steelers rushed for, what, only about 20 times on the ground, including a couple of scrambles by Mitch himself, uh, compared to what I believe Mitch had 40 passes, maybe 39 in total. So you can put the ball in Mitch's hand, but allow him to make the plays that you want to run, right? Don't be conservative in your play call just because you don't think that Mitch can really operate or or work with this offense or fit in with this offense as well as you think he can. I think it, it all comes down to faith. And 
the offensive line is a huge part of that as well. Have faith in the offensive line. I know things are bleak, but if you just say to yourself, well, the offensive line is garbage, the run protection is garbage, so there's no purpose, there's no need for us to run the football, well, then everyone everyone is going to be able to predict this offense like they have been able to the last couple of years. Yeah. That's the big problem is the predictability. Mm -hmm. And the Chase Claypool jet sweeps were a nice touch, no doubt about it. But they started to become a little bit predictable. Mm -hmm. You know, when you do it five, six, seven times, I think it was six carries that Claypool got in the game, defense is going to start catching on to that. Another thing that was very predictable for the Steelers, when Boykin and Olszewski were on the field in their package, they ran the ball almost every single time. Now, the first time they threw it deep to Boykin as kind of a – hey, let's show these guys that we are willing to take a shot when this package is on the field. But that was more of a misdirection so that they wouldn't be as predictable running the football. It took like three different times after that past the Boykin when those when that package was on the field for Cincinnati to catch on. Oh, they're going to run the ball here. There's There's no way they're going to throw a pass out of this package. So... Yeah, get rid of that predictability. I think that's the biggest thing that the Steelers need to try to operate, um, or the biggest thing the Steelers need to get out of their system this year is they need to be an unpredictable offense at every turn. That's yes. That's how inferior offenses can get a leg up against teams is because you're running those flea flickers. You're running those reverses. Mm-hmm. And the big one is play action. I want to see some play action, some misdirection, really make those linebackers get up on their toes, creep up to the line, and open up the middle of the field. What's concerning for the Steelers' offense is this time last year, right, with Ben Roethlisberger, or I guess throughout the season, we were talking about the ceiling for this offense and its dynamic abilities or its unpredictabilities. The ceiling was play action, right? That was, Uh okay, that's going to be our big big misdirection is we're going to pretend to hand the ball off to Najee. Which is ridiculous because in the in the NFL, you should be running that play action, especially if you have a running back like Najee Harris, who is likely to get the ball as often as you possibly can. Keep the offense or keep the defense guessing. But now I don't even want to call play action being the floor. I think Chase Claypool, his jet sweeps, his end around should be the floor for this offense. Play action should just be a given. It should be a given. It should be their bread and butter, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to use that to help Mitch Trubisky's game or help the game come easier to Mitch Trubisky. Uh, play action, heavy run is a quarterback's best friend, and tight ends are a quarterback's best friend. And I think the Steelers have the form or the ingredients to execute all of those things. Good running game with Najee Harris if the line can block a little bit better, even. Play action comes after you establish that strong run with Najee. Now they're keyed in on number 22 and they're selling out to stop him. That sucks up the linebackers. That opens up the middle of the field for 88 to do a ton of damage 20 yards down the field. It's it's kind of an easy formula when you think about it. Didn't see really any of it except for maybe the Fryermuth part of it, especially towards the end of the game against Cincinnati, come to fruition at all last Sunday. Yeah, I, I like the, your idea of doing doing what you're comfortable doing, but doing it in a different way every time, right? You can get the ball to Frymouth. That's no issue. We're, we're not complaining that Frymouth is getting too many targets, too many catches, but there's more than one way to get in the ball. There's more than one way to to 
to move the ball down the field on a large chunk play, right? It's yes. not just plant your back foot and, and and hope to God the ball finds Deontay Johnson or hope to God that Deontay Johnson makes some superhuman catch like he did in week one. There, We have no problem. We have no issue with feeding the ball to the go-to guys, Fryermuth, Najee, Deontay. There's no issue with that. But you can do it in so many more creative ways than what you showed last week, right? I mean, the flea flicker was just one way of doing it. And, and everyone is saying that was by far and away their favorite offensive play last yes. week. But there's there's no reason you can't do that more than once and in more than one way. Exactly. And hopefully you see some of that start to become a reality against the Patriots on Sunday because the way to attack this Patriots defense, and I'm operating off of a lot of data from last year because the sample size of this year is just too small to really get a good judgment on them, but they were not good against the run last year. Uh, 4.6 yards per carry allowed. They were really good at taking away opposing teams' tight ends. I think opposing teams only targeted their tight ends about 16% of their target share when playing the New England Patriots. So that's their biggest strength, at least if that carries over from last year it is run the ball on them, and Najee out of the backfield in the passing game is something that I want to see not only them use against New England, because New England was one of the worst teams at covering halfbacks out of the backfield last year, but I want to see them use that more all year long. I wanted to see them use that more against Cincinnati. Uh, I know Najee scored his only touchdown in the Cincinnati game on a pass, a little swing pass from Mitch Trubisky, but... I want to see a lot more of that. I want to see maybe some, you know, lining Najee out in the slot, maybe, you know, a halfback angle getting him into the middle of the field after he vacates the backfield. Take advantage of mismatches against linebackers who aren't fast enough to keep up with him. Mm-hmm. Safeties who aren't strong enough to tackle him one-on-one. Uh, I I really think that that can be some like they can go to that well over and over and over again. Not just against New England, who's terrible at covering running backs, yes. but really against anybody. It's it's an aspect of Najee's game that we were really excited about when he got drafted out of Alabama. You saw it somewhat last year, probably wanted to see it a little bit more. Expected to see it a ton more this year. You think, wow, he's not only going to be, obviously, their number one option in the offense running the ball, but he might be close to their number one option in the passing game as well at times. And you just... you. Saw it very little against Cincinnati, almost like it wasn't really in their game plan at all. So first and foremost, I think this could be a big game for number 22. His injury problem does worry me a little bit. Is he going to be absolutely 100%? I don't know that. But if he is, this could be a huge day for him, and the game plan should really center around him because he will exploit a lot of the weaknesses in that Patriots defense. Yeah, he absolutely will. I, it's just how willing are you to get him involved, right? We we talked a lot all week and already through the segment about the lack of usage of him and of of him in the passing game. Well, that's their that's the Patriots' number one weakness. So, are you going to be willing to take advantage of the opposing defense's glaring weakness, or are you going to? kind of just be a shell of what your full potential is. We we kind of sat here week after week last season and just said, just give Naj the ball, like pounding the table, like old curmudgeons, just give him the ball. Like what's the worst that could happen? He's going to gain a yard? Because that's what he can do, right? We, we saw as the season progressed, defenses recognized, 
oh, we can't just have one guy protecting Najee, whether if he's lining up in the backfield as a runner or clearly going to be utilized as a receiver. You have to send two guys to knock this guy down. So are 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 you going to handcuff yourself and say, well, we know the defense is going to send a lot of people at Najee, so what's the point of using him? Well, this defense doesn't do that well. So are you going to sit here and say, well, we've been doing this and we and we feel bad of, of how little we can use him or, or, or how ineffective he can be, so we're just going to try something else? Or are you going to analyze your opponent and say, this is what they do wrong, let's exploit that? Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Exactly. And that's where Canada comes into play. Yes, the Patriots are really good at taking away tight ends. Scheme around that. Use Najee to open up the middle of the field with play action. Help Firemuth get mm-hmm. open based on your scheme because linebackers and slot corners and safeties in New England, if it carries over from last year, they're going to do a heck of a job at taking him away. You can't afford that to happen. He's He is really fast emerging as probably other than 22 and 22 didn't have the best go of it against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Not really his own fault, though. He Fryermuth's emerging as the go-to guy in the offense. Um, him and Deontay had the lion share and you're of okay targets. With that, right? I, absolutely, I think that's a great strategy for a team trying to break in a not shaky quarterback, but a quarterback that doesn't really necessarily have his feet under him solidly in the NFL. So, I think that you gotta. Still use Fryermuth in this game plan. Still try to force feed him the ball in creative ways because you can't just wave a white flag and say, "Well, the Patriots are really good at taking away our tight end, so no Fryermuth really this game." He's he's way too important to the offense. So really looking forward to seeing Canada scheme up some interesting things against this Patriots defense, and he's going up against one of the masterminds when it comes to defensive football in Bill Belichick. So. Very big test for the offense. Very big test for Matt Canada, though, I think even more so because this is a defense that's good but can be exploited in certain areas. So it's on coordinators and coaches to set their personnel up for success by exploiting them. I mean, Tom, you brought this point up earlier this week. It could be a 3-0 final. 6-0, 6-3 final. <laughs> we were talking last night on Countdown to kickoff, like 7-6. to it, it, yeah. it very well could be just because – we know how good the Steelers' defense is, and I'm not trying to say that the Patriots' defense is on that level, but if the Steelers' offense goes out and kind of lays the same 
egg. I I, I don't want to call it a goose egg because they still put up a touchdown, but we know they got majority of, of their 23 points. They got 20 of them on either drives that created or that were created because of turnovers or a drive that started with a 25-yard punt return by by Gunner. So if that doesn't happen, if the takeaways don't happen like they did last week, the Steelers offense could really struggle and this could just be a defense a defensive day on on both sides by both teams and like you said, uh there probably isn't a better defensive minded head coach out there than Bill Belichick. No, he's one of the goats when it comes to that side of the football, so you know he's going to be cooking up something pretty formidable for the Pittsburgh Steelers and, offense. And, and we talked earlier this week about how Tom Brady with the Patriots was a lot scarier than the Patriots without Tom Brady. And and you're a lot more if, – if it was Bill Belichick and Tampa and not Tom, you'd be a lot more afraid of the Patriots with Tom and not Belichick than you would be the Buccaneers with Belichick but not Brady. But Belichick probably still has those same feelings against Pittsburgh that Tom does. Or maybe not like so much hate, but knowing that this is going to be a tough-fought game, that this is going to be a game that's earned and not given. And if there's anyone who earns football wins, it's Bill Belichick. Well, Mike Thomas. I don't know about that because there have been moments where there have been some questionable calls. Such as the the fumble rule or the tuck rule, the Jesse James game. So maybe not entirely. He's he's earned every win, but he still respects almost every team that he goes up against. Mike Tomlin's three and eight against him. Yes. So he, he probably doesn't have much fear as far as the coaching matchup right, is concerned. Right. He's probably pretty confident in his footing there. That being said, though, Mike Tomlin is three and eight against him and Tom Brady. So one of those big mem- one of the big variable is gone in that equation. So we'll we'll see how the coaching matchup works out on Sunday. Another thing I'd like to see the offense use more is some George Pickens. Um thought he was really underutilized in the game uh, against the Bengals whether it was him not getting open or the game plan just not really centered around him, I don't know, but I certainly would look towards him a lot more than I did against Cincinnati. I think dude can be a total game breaker. Uh, even if you have to, you know, get the ball in his hands quickly, maybe a quick slant route. I know his bre- what you want to do with him is have him be that deep threat, that burner down the field, that big play hitter. But I just want to get him involved first. Like I want to have him start to feel the offense, start to feel his involvement in the team and mm. and get his confidence up in the regular season. Uh He's not really going to take anybody by surprise because of the stellar preseason that he had, but I think people were more surprised when he only had one catch for three yards yes. against the Bengals. Well, I mean, I, I, I'd say equally the targets as well. Yeah, yeah, three targets for George Pickens total in the game. Uh, you know, you, you draft Kenny in the first round, and he's not playing, obviously. Mitch Trubisky deserved to win the starting job and deserves to hold that down for the time being. But you drafted George Pickens in the second round, and you barely use him in the game. So it's like, mm-hmm. what was the point of these first two draft picks? I mean, you know you're not going to use the first one yet. Shouldn't you be using the second one a little bit more? And I really hope to see that in the game against New England. I want to see a lot more George Pickens, a lot more things designed for George Pickens. And I have to imagine he's going to see a lot of one-on-one coverage. I mean, I don't think that the New England Patriots are looking at any of these receivers and, and tr- giving them Jamar Chase treatment. 
But they're looking at Deontay, and they're saying seven catches for 55 yards last week, highest targeted player on the team. Got to take a look at him and got to make sure that we're paying a lot of attention to Deontay. Chase Claypool, very dynamic last week, a career-high 36 rushing yards. He had 18 receiving yards as well, so got to make sure you know where 11 is at all times, and they're going to use him creatively. Friermuth is obviously someone they're going to want. Like Pickens is probably number five on their list right now of mm-hmm. the game plan in order to take away a, a member of the offense. Use that to your advantage. Get him the ball in one-on-one matchups. And I doubt there's a corner in the league that has the size to go up and get a ball over George Pickens in a combat catch. So I want to see a lot more number 14 this week. Well, he had the edge on that one deep route that he ran. He had the extra step, and there's no doubt in my mind, Tom, and I I doubt there would be any in yours. Had that ball been placed in in a catchable radius for George Pickens, he would have caught that ball. It just, that ball went out of bounds, far toward the bench. So there was really no chance of him getting it. But if Mitch just gives it a 50-50 chance, right, to catch that ball, he'll make that catch. You have the faith in him to make. Even though he's probably going up last week, he was going up against Von Bell and Jesse Bates. Certainly this week, right, we've talked about how the Patriots used to always have that one stud corner. Uh, It was the McCourty twins, or the McCourty brothers for a while. You mentioned how they went out and got Darrell Revis. Uh, just a couple of years ago, TJ Watt lost out on de- on Defensive Player of the Year to um, blanking on Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore. They used to always, at least... He loved one, it. Belichick right, needed it. At least one guy was able to shut down an entire side of the football field. They no longer have that. So, yeah, why not just give Pickens the opportunity? I'm not saying you have to throw the ball in his direction. What, if Mitch threw the ball 40 times last week, that at least 10 of them had to go to him? But more than three, certainly more than one catch. Yeah, no question. And I hope we see more of that in the game against New England on Sunday. I want to see I want to see Mitch Trubisky get some more trust. I want to see him have plays that are a little bit more than just get that ball out as fast as possible. I know that that was probably part of the game plan because of the offensive line. You're worried about the pass protection. Pass pro was all right against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. They only allowed one sack, probably a little bit to do with how fast Mitch was getting the ball out, of course. But trust that offensive line a little bit more, especially against a team that's not really known for sacking the quarterback. They only averaged two sacks per game last season and only had three sacks against the Dolphins last week. And I'm... I didn't watch that game in its entirety, but I'm mm-hmm. sure maybe one or two of those sacks, too, held on to the ball a little bit too long or tried to improvise and make mm-hmm. something happen and ran himself into a sack. That's just the kind of player he is. So it's not like you're fearing the Patriots' pass rush. The one guy that you probably got a key on is Matthew Judon. Make sure you know where he's at on the field at all times. Five tackles in a sack last week. He was he was their most impactful player on the defensive side of the ball all of last year. He's probably their biggest star on their roster right now. Uh, He has a tackle for a loss in eight of nine road games since joining New England in 2021, so he makes his impact felt on the road. Uh, That's the one guy you got to key on and worry a little bit about in pass pro, but I'm not so... like I think Mitch can hold on to the ball for an extra second or two against this team, and the offensive line should be able to hold up. This team isn't a team where you have a lot of really good guys, and then you have the Miles Garrett or the Max Crosby... This is a team of basically nobodies, and then Matthew Judon is there. 
right? Matthew Judon stands out because, and I made this point earlier this week, when he was on Minnesota, when he was with Baltimore, he was able to do a lot more than he did in New England because he had so much better talent surrounding him. It's the same thing in Pittsburgh. Look at Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith had a career day because everybody knew that this the Bengals had to put everybody on T.J. Watt's side of the football, right? That left Alex Highsmith to be able to get three sacks, a strip sack in addition to that. When you have teammates on your team who are great players, they're going to be able to elevate the guys around him. Matthew Judon is talented for sure, but he's not at the level where Cam Hayward is. He's not at the level where T.J. Watt is, and he is nobody around him. At least, like, if throw him a bone for New England— Give him somebody else to to play alongside of so that it's not just the Matthew Judon show and a bunch of no-names, right? They lost uh, Kyle Van Noy uh, earlier this offseason. Deontay Hightower is still unsigned. They just don't want him. Yeah. I mean, if I'm New England, I don't know what I'm doing leaving him unsigned. Nobody else wants him either, but why not bring him? That's weird. Just bring him back, all right? Like, it's, it's a free opportunity it's an easy opportunity to bring him back, right? If nobody else is claiming, claiming him, just give him some extra money to say, hey, okay, we want you back. Here's your money. Nobody else clearly wants you, but we need you, right? We need you. I, I don't get it. So to me, I'll, I'll agree with you. I, I don't think this defense is really anything to be intimidated by just because they have one guy, Matthew Judon. No, I agree. I, I, I think you should be having Mitch stand in the pocket a little bit longer than you did last week against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's pass rush way, way, way better than New England's. Something that you would worry about. Trey Hendrickson is a better pass rusher than anybody that New England can boast on yes. their roster. So, But I do worry that the offensive line just maybe is isn't good enough. that poor? Yeah, I mean, we didn't—they only gave up one sack against New England, or against Cincinnati, but it's not like we can walk away from that game and be like, Great pass protection. Mm-hmm. We're not worried about pass pro at all. No, there was a lot of scrambles by Mitch. And a lot of getting the ball out really quickly. Mm-hmm. So I I worry about still seeing that offensive line uh, in a legit pass pro. Like Mitch has the ball three, four seconds. Can, he, can they hold a pocket on long enough to get a really uh, deep route developed and get a ball downfield? I don't know that, but I think you got to start trying that. And this is a good week to start trying that. Subscribe now to the Steelers Standard. That's right, this show. Subscribe, please. We need you to subscribe, download, give us a five-star review. Tell us how great we are. Tell us how dumb we are, but just make it a five-star review. Every episode we do is available for you to download. You subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find your podcast. Subscribe on all the platforms. Do it on the mobile app. Do it on iHeart. Do it on Spotify. Do it on Apple. Give me four, give me four subscriptions per person. That would make me a happy camper. Next episode, we're flipping things over to the Patriots defense. Or excuse me, the Steelers, Steelers defense. defense. We're going to talk about how you replace T.J. Watt and how you stop this Patriots offense. That's all on the way next. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opferman, and this has been the Steelers Standard. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.